Okay, you ready? Hello, Nick. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to okay. another episode. You're welcoming me. I'm here. I'm changing character. Okay. Face off. I want to take his face. <laughs> God damn, that's a good movie. So good. Oh. Caster Troy yeah. would have been my. Uh, and what was the other guy? And what was John Travolta's name? I don't know because Castro Troy was so good. That's all I think. That's because I know I know Nicholas Cage so and, his, and his brother was something pop because like uh, Castro Troy. Castro Troy. What was his brother's name? Um, Paul. No. Was it uh, Pollux Troy? I think so. Because Castor and Pollux yes. are like fa- like Greek mythological yeah, yes. people, and they were they were what brothers. Is, what is? And then what was Agent? What? What was his name? Smith. Wasn't Agent Smith? No. Chris, can we get a, a face off IMDb. Sean Archer. Sean Archer. Oh, oh God. How did we forget? I don't know. Oh. God damn. What a, he went immediately from the filming of Con Air. Like, he finished his last day filming of Con Air. The next morning, he was on the set of Face Off. So good. And the first scene they shot was not like, oh, we got to get into character and really learn about the other actor because we got to. Right. The first scene they shot was like, was like the boat chase. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was like why the final it, chase scene. It doesn't make any sense why they would do such a like big like no scene sense. like that to go first. Like you're jeopardizing hurting your actors like off the bat. Wouldn't you want to go like last on that battle? So in case they do get hurt, you're like, all right, maybe we don't need a boat scene. We could just, you know, well, it's, like, it's not the, the same, but like on Bohemian Rhapsody, the first few days of shooting was like the live aid concert. It's like yeah, because that's that, what, that was probably like really the biggest one. So it's like, let's yeah. get like let's get this together. Let's see if we have the budget for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Like we need the budget for this. Like everything else, we could just doubt. You know, everything else is just like them in a studio or them in an yeah. office. You know what I mean? God damn, everybody's listening. Get to the goddamn list. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Hello, Nick. Hello, Greg. <laughs> How are you? Today? So now we're gonna talk about our top twenty-five Nicolas Cage films. Number one, The Rock. Number two, Face Off. Number three, Con Air. Correct. Number four, Mandy. Mandy was good. Number five, National Treasure. National Treasure. Number six, Family Man. Okay. Leaving Number seven, National Treasure Two. What about Leaving Las Vegas? Number eight, Leaving Las Vegas. Number nine, uh, this really stupid movie that was supposed to be Top Gun, but for helicopters, and Tommy Lee Jones was in it, and Nick Cage was like, a, he was like a hotshot like Apache pilot. I don't remember this oh, at all. It was it was pretty bad, but it was really good. It was it was essentially Top was Gun. Was it uh, Black Hawk Up? No, it was <laughs> White Falcon Down. <laughs> Okay. No, it's just like the opposite. No, of All right. Top 25 cigars of 2020. Here we go. Uh, so this was a weird year because, uh, as many of you know, there was a pandemic. There was. You know, I don't know if any of you realize that, but no, shit went down, man. It did. The, the weird part from an industry standpoint and from our standpoint for this year, obviously, like, you know, no events and working from home. But in terms of, like, how the industry was run, like, there, were, there was no trade show. And Which the, is a big deal for what, especially what me and Greg do, you know, in reviewing cigars and, you know, trying to kind of put our thumb on the industry. And because obviously, as many of you know, even though the cigar, a lot of cigars are announced at the trade show, they're not, some of them aren't sent out to, you know, to, to stores until October, November, December. But we're able to smoke them before they come out and kind of get a good read on these cigars ahead of time. The problem this year that we ran into is we kind of had to wait until everything was actually in our warehouse. Um, and so it was much more spaced out. And sometimes, you know, including trying to make the cut for this list, sometimes things was, were released too late where we had already kind of put the list together. And, you know, it was just very stinky in that regard. It was mosh. very mosh, mosh, mosh pit, yeah. um, Limp Bizkit. And didn't but get a chance to smoke as much this year because you're, you're at home. Yeah. We're not in the uh, studio as much. Yeah. Well, at least you. I think you probably got to smoke a little, either the same or more, because you have like the nice outside and everything. Well, I no, have the new house I do now. Yeah, I have nowhere to go. The older so. one now. But gotcha. so it it was tough putting this together. But we and still also, did. Tobacco was things were getting halted because of COVID yeah, so restrictions. Shipments so in general, just shipments in general, even of, of of reliable like regular mainstays, it was just because there's a lot of cigars that just came out now that we would love to put on the list, but that, we can't. that definitely should have made the list. But, but but you'll see them next year. You'll see them. You'll see them. You'll see them soon. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> but I think we have still worked very hard. We still smoked plenty of great cigars and did plenty of great videos and, and good but, content for you guys. And I also, think we still have a solid list. And it also gave time for me to go back in time to smoke some cigars that I haven't gotten to try yet. Yeah. Also, that we should be putting on the that, list. That are in the list. 
Yes. But I think because of what we're going to be smoking now, we kind of have to start at the, at I the agree. top. I was and thinking that we should go maybe number, say what our number one, say what it is, and then start 25. So you want to go one to 25 oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. two? Mm-hmm. No, right. not to two, just 25, then down. And we'll go back to one and we'll go 25. More. If you go 25 go. to two, that's that's down. Go one. I mean, 25 th- all the way through to two, not yes, 25 and two, so, to one. And we'll go back to one. We'll talk more about it. But this we'll just sounds say. like a plot, a planning meeting for a Tarantino. We film. should have really figured this out. Yeah, well, we it got like it. Pulp Fiction. All right. Well, let's talk because we're going to be smoking it now. So we're going to talk about our number one cigar of the year. Um, it might be a surprise to you guys. It definitely wasn't for us, even from no the way. first minute we tried this. And this is this is like one of our fo- first like excited. lockdown quarantine cigars because he had sent it to us right like within the first it's few perfect weeks. timing. Yeah, actually, it was great. I must say that Greg hyping up the cigar so much. I think all all of us, a part of the team, bought. I bought. A, I bought a five pack. I know. Right, I know think? James and Derek. I loved it. Yeah. So our number one cigar. I'm gonna let Greg. This, this, last our, year, my pick was number one. This year, I, I agree with you. But you got you chose it. This is true. The number one cigar of the year is the Room 101 Big Payback Maduro, Connecticut Broadleaf. What's the binder? I know that it's Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Honduran fillers. So the binder is a... Connecticut Shade. Ooh. Well, thank you for that input. Which goes really well with the Connecticut Brawl, because you still are having some similar notes of creaminess, but obviously there's the contrast of the dark richness from the Brawlleaf, but the smooth, creamy, almost vanilla hue from the Connecticut Shade, it just makes for a very good team-up. Right. Which we've seen in cigars such as the Henry Clay Warhawk. Agreed. Which is flipped. That has a broadleaf binder. Right. Connecticut or Ecuadorian or Connecticut Ecuador. shade wrapper. Right. I believe that this binder is, is authentic Connecticut shade. Not, not that Ecuadorian isn't authentic, but I think it's the actual Connecticut that's grown in Connecticut. Gotcha. So we got this because we were doing a virtual event with Matt Booth. And he sent us, I think he sent us a box each. Mm. And I... When I first got it, I was like, holy crap, that's a lot. So it's crap ton of cigars. Yeah. And then, you know, we, I, we get prepped up for the event. I went to go smoke it. And I'm not a huge Connecticut Broadleaf guy, as we all know. More Mexican San Andreas. I believe Connecticut Broadleaf needs to be blended more particular, complex to different things. Yeah. Um, while I feel like with you with Connecticut Broadleaf, it could be wrapped with anything you're going to. As it's long as it's got to be done right, but as long right, like, but I, I'm all for a stronger Connecticut broadleaf or a more mellow one or a Nicaraguan right. one, or, as long as it's being utilized properly Correct. on board. Right. And then me having kids and smoking the cigar, it was just so smooth. I, It was like one of those things where you didn't have to concentrate on it, but then when you came back to it, you're like, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah. So... I couldn't stop smoking these. I think I literally have five left after a box of 50 because I couldn't stop handing them out as well because I just saw how good these were. Everybody needs to try these. And every single person we've told to, like, try them Love has this. absolutely – there's not been one like, oh, well, it's not really my speed. Um, and the, the ridiculous part is these come in a bundle. They're like $6. Yeah, I can not believe it. They're so – inexpensive compared to everything else on our list and everything that that we kind of view as like those top tier smokes but uh, and, I, and I said this before in, in the other in the video I could I would easily pay 10 11 12 bucks Agreed. for this but yep. it's it's half of that price yep um, it's made for Matt by uh, at the general factory in Honduras um, and yeah, he also he he's coming out with an, another like sequel to. He's coming out with a Connecticut version of of the big payback. Okay. So he had a Connecticut version of the original one. Now he has another Connecticut version of this one. I mean, we had the farce Connecticut on our list last year, didn't mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was amazing. I think that was one of my top five Connecticut's. This is just. I mean, you can't. I don't know. I'm gonna put it in front of this camera. Uh, I mean. Or they're gonna screw up the focus. Yeah, I would just. No, I won't. But just, you can just put it right in yeah. front of. No one's gonna see that. That's in my face. Yeah, that's. I could see it. Okay. Right there. That is such a tight line on that burn, and that ash is it's white, packed and white. It's just outstandingly done. Now, I was expecting this to be a good cigar. Matt only does good stuff. Forces are fantastic, as you said. One of them made our list last year. Um, the, the tea, the Doomslayer, both both the uh, Maduro Slayer and the or Sayer. Slayer. Doomsayer. Sayer. Yeah, Doomsayer. Uh, mm. Both the Maduro and the uh, Habano versions are, are excellent. But I was expecting this to be like how the original Big Payback was, which was, which was like 
a solid medium body. This is a good cigar. It's a really good cigar. Right. Nice every day. You know, like I said, yep. five, six bucks. But I remember you smoked it first because you like did because I like I said I, I had a tough time. Like I might have even gotten it first. You probably got. I think you got it like the day before me. Yeah. Um, and I just had a tough time smoking just because I like I couldn't really go any place. And this is you know during quarantine. I don't have like a backyard or anything. And so you tried it first, and you're like, dude, you have to smoke this like as yeah. soon as you can. So I remember I like went to like my roommate's parents' house because yep. they have like a backyard with a pool, I and I just sat back there and I smoked, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and we kept smoking them, trying to find like, all right, maybe just like those one or, or that two or. Right. And no. Like, I was nubbing it every time. Yeah. It's just an overall great smoke. So big ups to Matt Booth in Room 101 for our coveted number one spot of the year. So should we go to 25? Whatever you want to do. I'll or follow. should we go to two? Chris, you make the call. Yeah, come on. Secret, secret call. Chris, make the call. Countdown. Go to 25. Countdown. Number 25. I mean, everybody saw our top 25 video, but I'll make this semi-quick. How we want to do it. Uh, number 25, we have the uh, Camacho Nicaragua in the Toro size. Uh, so, yeah, I talked about this in um, not really that much in the review because I like to hear the reviews just about the cigar, but I did talk about it in our top tw- the top 25 video, the unveiling video that I did. This is a great cigar, the Camacho, and it w- I'm, I'm not saying it that the points got hurt, but it's a great cigar. I was expecting it to be great, but what I wasn't expecting is the blend and the name and everything just kind of throws me off because it's called the Camacho Nicaragua. I was expecting something similar to the Nicaraguan Barrel Age. I'm confused. Any of those kind of cigars where it's like, oh, we're we're taking this normally kind of Honduran because Camacho is typically a Honduran right. brand, and we're gonna pack it with Nicaraguan tobacco, and it's gonna be the super zesty and sleek thing. Now, it's like I said, it's very good. There's a reason it made our list. It's very complex, bold, has a lot of flavor to it. Um, but there's very little Nicaraguan tobacco in it. Is which, it made in Nicaragua? No. So it's made in Honduras. But it's a very good cigar. <laughs> it is. It's made in Honduras. It has a, I believe, an Ecuadorian wrapper. As a, yeah, Ecuadorian wrapper. A Honduran, Honduran binder, binder. And then Dominican, Honduran, and Nicaraguan filler tobacco. So Correct. literally, it's the least bit. It's, it's one-fifth Nicaraguan. So I think maybe they just should have called it. Because I, I was anticipating... A more like kind of almost Nicaraguan puro, like streamlined. Now, what I got was even better than what I anticipated, but it's like, all right, we'll call it something else. You know, you could have had a lot more fun with this because also you're you're branding. I understand the branding of of just adding like the name of a country to your thing because you want to showcase like, hey, this is different from our normal lineup. And they do it with a lot of the the new Altadas stuff, the Onyx right. Bowl Nicaragua. Like they want to show it's coming out, and that's fine. But that kind of branding does limit you, so only use that kind of branding when you have to. They didn't have to call it the Camacho Nicaragua. They could have had more fun and call. This is a really great cigar. They could have made this a limited well, edition, done some, some some fun stuff with it. Let me ask you, and your personal preference uh, preference or taste profile, would you say it kind of ha- tastes like a Nicaraguan cigar? Yeah, it it could have tasted more. I, I, w- I was anticipating an, like almost like a like a Padron or a Lugione ass like straight Nicaraguan Aganorsa. flavor. Aganorsa. This had a lot more complexity to it than I was anticipating, which is good. But then don't don't carry it under that flag. You have no reason to. You you they could have done a lot more with the naming and the branding of this and just saying Camacho Nicaragua on it. But this cigar is so good, we put it as our number twenty five. I mean, it still belongs on the list. I, absolutely. I agree. But I think if they did a really cool, like almost like how they do with the um, the Liberty series, if they did some, a really cool limit. Like it's a fantastic smoke. I think it could have maybe even been higher. Right. Number 24, we went with the Onyx Bold Nicaragua. You like this one. I love this cigar. Uh, it has similar flavor notes to the to the Big Payback, but not as close. Not as close? It's close. It not as close. close to what? Not as close. Their eyes is close. Okay. So this uh, the Onyx Bold uses a Mexican San Andreas wrapper and all Nicaraguan binder filler, right? I believe so. I never knew anything about the Onyx um lineup like you did because they had the reserve back then right the onyx is a very very it's very similar to a cigar later on our list that i turned you on to this year another broadleaf cigar that's like but like much more mellow and smooth right. than like kind of the more modern interpretation that we're seeing of broadleaf with things like the tricky traca or the tabernacle or even a lot of the stuff crowd heads those where it's like these very intense flavor right. forward kind of blends the classic 
Broadleafs that I know of, you know, some of the like the Fuente 858 or the Onyx, very different time, but that's what made me fall in love with the wrapper kind of on its own. It had these nuances. The Onyx, the Reserva, the, I think it was called the Reserva, excuse me, it's very smooth and like just a little chocolatey, very, very good smoke, but it just kind of fell to the wayside. They never really did anything with it ever. Like, they never rebranded it or came out with, like, another follow-up. They had one other one called, like, the Black Prince uh, that didn't do too well from what I remember in my store days. But that's why, like I mentioned, when this when they announced this cigar, I was kind of bummed. Because I'm like, oh, like, don't do all this. Just, like, rebrand the current Onyx. Like, it's such a good cigar. But then we smoked the new one, right. and it was it's pretty damn good. It was, it was really good. What did you like most about it? Uh, just the sweetness of it. Yeah, it was sweet. And also, it had that kind of other cigar that you mentioned down the list uh nice morning coffee cigar yeah that's what i liked about it i will say if we're going to stick on uh, st- stay on this kind of like topic of the naming i think the it was very flavorful i, I didn't think it was overly bold now in my thing that's, i agree that, in my opinion that's a good thing i don't want like too bold is like t- a little much right um it was definitely stronger than the original but again okay. They could have just called that like some kind of new on it. Like there, there was other ways they could have done it. Right. That I don't still think the name fit, but exquisite cigar nonetheless. I think it's just more the color. Yeah, I'm nitpicking right now. Yeah, no, I know I'm you are. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just wrapping my head around it. Yeah. I'm trying to understand why they did it. Oh, the color I, is the same as the regular Onyx. The regular Onyx just was jet black like that. Right. You know, if you you couldn't see it at night. Hmm. So. But bold. Bold. <laughs> Onyx Bolt. Uh, what's what's next up there? Number 23, the new highly rated from Half Wheel, Tatawai Karloff. This, the Tatawai Karloff, to give people a little history, you know, there's the Tatawai Monster Series, which is one of the most legendary annual releases. Um, but Pete did say from the beginning that he's going to stop after 13 monster releases. Now, let me think. Keep count for me if you could. I thought we did this. I'm not, not going to do this in did order. Did we do this one? This, didn't we do this like? I don't remember. I feel like we did this. There's the Drac, the Frank, the Jason, the Tiff, the Chuck, the Wolf, the Mummy, the Freddy, the Bride. Oh, what am I missing here? I'm missing something. And we are? No, that's not one of them, I don't think. What about the skinny ones? No, no, no. This is just like in, in terms of the main releases. The the skinny and the pudgy monsters are all branch offs of the main actual. Oh, the, the Michael. Chucky. I did the Chuck already. I'm missing. Oh, the Jekyll, the Hyde, and I'm missing one. What could it be? What am I missing? I wasn't paying attention while you were listening. I was making sure I had my okay. hands up. Why? You just told me to count. I'm counting. Right. So, You're missing one more. Yeah, I'm missing a monster. Think of like a monster, famous monsters. Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I can't think of what the la- what that what that one is. I'm miss- I'm definitely missing one because there was 13 major releases. Anyway, anything with um, Freddy Cougar? I, yeah, I did the Freddy. You counted the Freddy already. Did you do the fa- leather face? The face. face. There it is. 13. That's um, why Chris is here. Of course, there's been several branch offs. There was the Pudgy Monster series, which was basically all of. Uh, all the stu- the monsters that have been released up to that point were released in like a short robusto, and then there was a skinny monster series. Same thing, all of them released in a thin lancero. Um, but then this year he came out with I'm gonna say he came out with two that fall under the umbrella of the monster series, but aren't technically part of the monster series. The first one, which I thought was really good, was the uh, MBS, yep. which is the Monster Bomb Squad, which is a exactly what it sounds like. It's a bomb of a cigar, a lot of flavor. Oh yeah. And then he came out with the Karloff, which is named after legendary actor Boris Karloff, who portrayed Frankenstein in the film Frankenstein. I think it was just called Frankenstein, right? I yeah. think so. Yep. Yeah. It's good. Which is weird because Frankenstein, this, this is that, that like douchebaggy thing that every guy says, like, oh, you know, Frankenstein wasn't actually the name of the monster. That was the name of the doctor. Like, it's true, though. But... So he came out with the Karloff this year, and it's really cool. It comes in like the in the dress box, like all the yep. Monster series does. It has a, a really cool picture of Boris Karloff on the front. Uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with Nicaraguan filler and binder. 
I think this is one of the best cigars Tatuai has ever done. And and honestly, it just because if it's if it's late arrival, if I had smoked more of them, it probably would have been higher on the list. But just for I the agree. amount, I was only able to smoke like a couple of them, but it definitely made an impression even in this short amount of time from when we had to get this list kind of going. Uh, excellent, smooth, great construction on it. A lot of like flavor roller coaster, not like high roller coasters, but like a lot of like this where it's just waves. kind of waves of of spicy, sweet, rich, creamy. Right. You know, just kind of going through that. But very, very good cigar. Um, and hopefully, we get to see more of like this kind of like actors, uh, you know, series. Maybe they have like the Bella Lugosi or the who played the Wolfman. You remember Lon Chaney Jr. Or Lon Chaney himself, Lon Chaney Sr. Didn't, um, There's five people watching this who know what the hell I'm talking Michael about. Michael J. Fox play the wolf? No, he played the teenage. Teenage wolf. That's a good one. What was the name of that one? Was it called, called Teen Wolf? I, I think it's it Teen Wolf. wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was Jason it? Bateman played Teen Wolf. Was too. it called Teenage Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> He's a teenage wolf in a modern world. <laughs> it's like some stupid sitcom. <laughs> Next on the CW. Next on the CW, Teenage Wolf. I love you, but I'm a wolf. A typical CW bullshit yep. where I always get some stupid the moon, drama. The moon is out. I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> He's a howls, and then he gets killed by silver bullets. Um, okay, so what's next? Really? We just made no, like, like it, that's how wolves. That's how, we just uh, made the next best TV series for CW. Where it's going to have two really good seasons, and then it just go off the rails with a bunch of bullshit. Yep. Number 22, Fonseca by my father. So... When I had this one, because mm-hmm. it was been a while since we had a new My Father, right? The only the last one was the Promesa. Yeah, last year. Um, were we expecting much from them this year? From anything coming out? Listen, I don't know what to expect from them a lot anymore. Not in terms of their blends, but when you get to be a company like My Father, and when you've been doing this as long as I have, um. Like you start nitpicking these things because like all right, I know you can make a great blend, but it's kind of like and I hate to bring it up, but it's kind of like the the fortune fire. When it comes to like a champions episode, like a champion champions, yeah. it's like all right, we both know, like we all know that you both can make blades that are gonna cut everything. So now it comes down to like design and like what did you put into this? Oh, this guy put like Damascus steel and like diamond encrusted handle. You just did wood, like so like this guy. So when you when I mean, you've been doing this that long, like I just expect a little more from them, which is why the La Promesa was great. But in terms of its presentation, it was just the same kind of my father presentation. What I liked about the Fonseca is it wasn't the same. It was it was traditional Fonseca branding, right. but with a little my father flair, which made it a little more unique in their lineup, which I appreciated. Definitely. What do you think of the cigar as a, as a whole, though, like as a smoking? I like to say, you know, everybody's like it has Cuban-like flavors. That's the that's the type of cigar. If Cuban-esque. you're looking Cuban-esque, um, that's the kind of cigar you would want to smoke if you're yeah. if you're into that. Yeah, no, it, it was it was great. And again, you know, Quesada did a great job with that brand for so many years. I'm, I'm a big Quesada fan. But like some of the other cigars that are on our our list later, that kind of got these newer versions. It just a lot of these just got stuck in the mud. They they suffer from a little bit of band bias, right. which is. You know, that I'll talk about another brand later, but so giving it over to my father and revitalizing a little bit, plus putting together a fantastic blend, just I think really worked out. And yeah, it was, really it was, one, it was smooth. Know, it yeah. was definitely a smooth, nice coffee espresso type cigar to smoke. Yeah. One, of, one of their, one of the, the, the outings of my father recently that I'm, I'm much happier with. Agreed. So good on them. Definitely. Number 21, Cohiba, Connecticut. So we got this last year before even our, our first top 25 list yeah. was taken out but unfortunately with manufacturing i think or us getting in the warehouse one, of, one of the two we just yeah. we didn't get it you know we didn't have enough time so this was one i smoked at the ipcpr of 2019 another connecticut because i think that was that ipcpr turned me on to connecticut that was i the think big that year that, that, that was the big turn for me because that was the antonio connecticut that was the, the numero uno that was the forest connecticut that okay, was Cohiba. the uh, brulee. Brule, yeah. That was a big year. That was a big year. Yeah. So another one that I put in my top another five. Another one. Another one. A is top that, uh, five. Is that DJ Khalid? Yeah. yeah, it's DJ Khalid. Thanks, Chris. Who? DJ Khalid. Does another one. Congratulations. Oh. You played yourself. Yeah, I'm happy. Come on, anyway. Greg. You have to know who he is. 
You know, no. you know, you know, DJ Khaled. Come on, he's the guy who says his own name in, in all the songs. Nope. He's like the big heavy guy, like with the beard and the chains. He has a beard. Yeah. I was thinking he's a bald guy. No, hey, I think he's bald. But he has a beard. You could be bald and have a beard. <laughs> like all bald. Face bald, you mean? Well, yeah, like no. Yeah, no, face bald. And then you mean eyebrows. clean shaven? Yeah. Oh, so you thought he was like some kind of weird alien with just yeah. no hair and he's not, not even not even not eyebrows. Not, he's not Mr. Clean. Yeah. Okay. Even well, Mr. Clean has eyebrows. No idea who you're talking about. Okay. Anyway, go on. Going. Uh, so I definitely wanted me personally to get this cigar. I know you had it as well and enjoyed it. So being that we do have it, uh, JRCigars.com, we wanted to add it to the list. And I mean, it's self, self-explanatory. Tell me about it. Tell me about Tell it. What, what, what do you like about it? What I like about it is that it didn't... Most Connecticut's, I feel like, have that kind of flat-lined taste to it where it's just like nothing nothing it's to nice it. but it never exceeds right. nice right it's like oh this is nice right like without saying this in a bad way it's kind of like the brulee where the brulee is that flat line but it's also kind of has that more punch flavor that's it's, fla- it's that flat line but it's the nicest version of that right. ever right you know which he even says it's like this is your standard connecticut right. just best so what you get with the Cohiba Connecticut is you kind of get more of a peppery. So you kind of get like that cream up front and then at the end is like peppery at the end. Yeah. So it's like kind of like, oh, 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 hello. Kind of like a spicy jelly. Yes. What spicy jelly you have? No, my, my brother went to a restaurant in Virginia and he had a peanut butter and jelly burger and they used like a spicy jam. And he said it was, it was he made one for himself on Thanksgiving. He's like, it was the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> and he wow. put a Reese's on his burger on Thanksgiving. Reese's? Yeah. Oh, come on, man. That with bacon. No cheese or ketchup, but like just a burger, bacon, peanut butter, and like a he, he used like a three-berry jam. It's probably great. I wanted to put Reese's. That's a, that's, I mean, that's aggressive, but my I brother's feel, pretty aggressive. Yeah. Well, Check out the uh, Liberty Podcast Diary show. Get a chance. The what? Liberty Podcast oh, Diary okay. show. Got to give him a plug. Got it. Um, but yeah, the Cohiba, Connecticut. Very cool to see a company like, like Cohiba, like this, you know, Luxury, very high end, very legendary company. Take a crack at like like a kind of straightforward Connecticut like that, and really re- like revitalize, like you know, rejuvenate that kind of line and really make something incredible. Very very cool. Nice. So number twenty, we went Wild Hunter last year. This day, this time we're gonna go Superfly Maduro. Oscar Valdares, man, that guy is just knocking them out of the park. Um, really doing some great work with everything. Really bringing a kind of new generation of smokers to see what Honduras has to offer. Because, like I've said before, you know, I was never the biggest Honduran smoker. There were some really good ones, some of the Rockies, some of the Alec Bradleys, um, Camachos. But nothing that really, there was never like 10 Hondurans a year that really like shook the world, you know, like, oh my God, these are great. He is really like making a lot of hitters coming out of Honduras. So he's really helping bring back, uh, Bring back the view of like high-end cigars to Honduras with the first by the Leaf Series and the Wild Hunter, both the Connecticut and the uh, and the Natural, and now with the Superfly and the Superfly Connecticut, like right. he's just really he's really doing well. I feel like he like amplifies Honduran tobacco. You just know, dude. It's it, all it, about it, knowing it, how to blend. knowing what you have to work with and knowing how to utilize it in the best possible right. way. You know, definitely. Some guys they think that. Like, oh, this blend kind of works, so I'm going to grow the same thing in Honduras and then like mix it in the same way and blend it with the same stuff. Like, No, you, you, each tobacco grown in each region is going to be unique, and he just knows how to utilize his tobacco. So the Superfly with that Mexican San Andreas wrapper really works well. And I love the kind of cheesy 70s like band, like Superfly, right. like those big like letters. Bubbly. And it's, yeah, bubbly letters. It's very like disco. Yep. I, I love it. I, I like that he's doing some like really cool, fun stuff. Whereas, I agree. Besides the Leaf by Oscar, like his other stuff is, is kind of like a little more straightforward and even a little like historical, like aztec kind of, you know, names. And yeah, look and to also it. The, the band is, isn't the band smokable? On the Leaf. Yeah. Is, yeah. But I think it's really cool to see him do like the Wild Hunter where it's like the camouflage and the orange and then the Superfly. It's, I think it's some cool stuff from Oscar. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what he has. Yeah. What, do we know we anything? Have, there's a new one coming out. I there is a new about, one coming out. I'll tell you about it. So. Perfect. So, number 19 is a big surprise. For both of us. Probably the biggest surprise of the year. Is the Drew Estate Nightshade exclusive 
to onlyjrcigars.com. I'm going to let you talk because you, you, again, this is something that you smoked first. Like, you know, you're just expecting something that's good, solid, inexpensive right. smoke. So when I got the box, I think we both got them shipped to our house as well. When I started smoking it, I, one, couldn't believe the construction that this cigar had. I thought it was one of the best constructed cigars I've ever smoked in my life. And then the flavor was just beefy and toothy, but chocolatey and sweet. And I'm just like, I can't believe that this is ours. And right. I'm very ecstatic that this is ours, and I'm ready to push the shit out of this, I, which we already my, have. My feelings exactly. I think it's, excuse me, I think it's one of the better Drew Estate cigars. I agree. Ever. And I, I'm a I'm a Drew fan going back over a decade. Right. This is a outstanding cigar that I think Willie is maybe a little upset about like after he created right. it's like oh man like I gotta give this to them like I could have made uh, so much more money sure doing a, a regular release but I'm telling you the nightshade is that good it's that Connecticut Habano wrapper it's got like you said toothy and like juicy and meaty um, and then a little bit of spice a little bit of richness and yep. then the construction is just phenomenal yeah, um, it's and it it's comes a, in a cool array of sizes. Like the Toro's a little right. bit thicker, but then it comes in a Corona. So it's a cool, well, like cool the name. array of sizes. I do yeah. like the name. I really do like. I the liked name. it more when it had no meaning. I liked it more when it was like nightshade because it's like dark I and got cool. You. Now that it's like, oh no, it's because tobaccos are part of like the nightshade right. family of plants. Like t- like tomatoes are part of the nightshade family. I'm right. like, oh, <laughs> I thought it was like damn, nightshade. Like damn dark, you, tomatoes. The dark night, the dark mm. leaf. Mm. Um, but yeah, nightshade. And you can find that right now at com only. Perfect. Uh, number 18, we went uh, Fratello Navetta Inverso. This is a repeat. Mm-hmm. This is how much we love this cigar. First of all, Omar is one of the coolest guys in the cigar industry. Omar I agree. Um, the Navetta is a homage to his time at, in, uh, when he worked for NASA for several years. And um, Navetta actually means, I believe it means space shuttle in Italian. So he came out with the Navetta line a couple of years ago, but then came out with the Navetta Inverso, which is really cool because he basically took the blend for the Navetta and he inverted it. So now you have a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and then Nicaraguan filler tobaccos. This exact cigar made our list last year. We didn't know if we were going to do it again, we, you know, but then we did several videos with Omar, some beer pairings and some interviews this summer, and he sent us a bunch, and we smoked the hell out of the so Inverso. Good. I, I like all the Fratello lines. I agree. Even the new, the new uh, Arlequin, or Arlequinade, whatever it's called, uh, is, is very, very good. But that, that, that Navetta Inverso, I think, is his best. Just like another cigar that came a little late to us that we can yeah. add it to the list. Yeah. yeah. But the Navetta Inverso definitely belongs. I mean, if you love IPAs, it's, that's a cigar. Yeah. Oh, and that beer. Oh, so good. I still got to send him wine. I never sent him the wine. <laughs> My bad, Omar. Uh, number 17, we have Crown Heads Juarez Shots. Double X X. This was the <laughs> first collaboration between John Hoover of Crown Heads and the good folks over at Tobacco Lera Picardo, um, a smaller but starting to become very well-known factory in Nicaragua. Um, it's named after again some kind of Johnny Cash, war, uh, south of the border, some kind of song about escaping from prison with my gal, whatever, whatever. I love Johnny Cash, but whatever he sang about. Um, this was a actually a private release for another retailer that. Uh, 2019 got a, a formal release of the world, like a general release, a wide got release. Um, did very well. It's an excellent cigar with Mexican San Andreas wrapper on it, Nicaraguan fillers, uh, Ecuadorian binder or Nicaraguan binder? Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian binder. Um, but then he came out with a size extension with the, the Shots Double X, which is like this kind of small, almost like shotgun shell, shotgun shell sized smoke. And for some reason, the blend in that size just really smacks. A lot of smoke, a lot of dark, n- fruity notes. I just, I just love it. I, I, I thought it deserved a, a spot on the list this year because as, as one of those crown, because Crown had such a wide portfolio and huge variety. Um, just as, as an, I don't want to say every day because that, that I don't want it to sound like it's cheapening the brand, but like, if you want an everyday boutique smoke for a great price, like the Shots Juarez, the Juarez Shots. See, I can't even say. The Juarez shots <laughs> I'm is, in your head. is a great option. It's also good because, you know, another thing we always look into is size as well. And, yeah, it's a short and, little and our, size. In our s- certain situations, so yeah. what we do and the weather and family and things like that, it's, it's nice to have. It's a great cigar size to get rid of your family. Yeah. 
16, we have uh, Cavalier Black Series number two. So I was actually surprised. I thought uh, Sebastian, who was, who was the founder of uh, Cavalier, was going to be more of a stickler for people pronouncing the name. He's like, no, we actually call it Cavalier now because I guess that's what everybody calls it. So that's what we call it. But I'm like, but from like the Swiss kind of French rooted name, like it's, it's Cavalier, right? A Chevy he's like, Cavalier. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's Cavalier. I had, like, a sh- yeah. I had a Chevy Cavalier. I love that car. No, you didn't have a Chevy. I swear you to God. Chevy yep, green. I had Roll a down. Ford Taurus. Rolled, I had a Ford Taurus station wagon, all maroon. Oh, my grandmother had a station wagon, mm-hmm. Ford Taurus. Mm-hmm. 89, then, uh, baby. I had, a, I had an 88 Pontiac 6000 LE. Ooh, kicker. Dude, when that car came Gas out. Gas guzzler. When that car came out, I wasn't alive. <laughs> and that was my first car. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but... I got to speak with Sebastian this year for the first time. We did an interview with him. What an interesting, fascinating dude. Very well-spoken. Really knows his stuff. Just has a passion for the industry. Has a passion for cigars. You know, like, left his family behind in Europe to come to to, to go to South America and Central America and explore and, and, and you know, work on his craft. And Cavalier, I think, is a... Is a, it's small, it's a small brand, but I think that they are much more deserving of our attention. Um, and I think for our fans as well, and for the for the audience and our customers out there, it's definitely a brand that you want to look into. Um, his limited editions are, some, are are incredibly highly rated, but even his Black Series Number Two, which is one of his more standard lines, insanely good. Mexican San Andreas wrapper, oh. Nicaraguan tobacco in there, very well blended, very well designed. Um, it's it has like a little bit of flash to it, but it's not overly flashy. Right. Like he does want you to focus on the cigar, right. but he also needs to catch your attention because, like I said, he is a smaller brand, so it's hard to kind of get that notoriety. But he does just enough to, to grasp your attention, and then he lets the cigar do the rest of the talking. Yep. So good on Sebastian. Fantastic cigar, the Black Series number two, and, and uh, looking I, forward to a lot more from him. I love when the the ash hits the gold leaf. Mm. Looks awesome. So that's awesome. a really cool. That's a, like a really cool touch. Yeah. Right, I feel like I'm just going to gold leaf everything. Okay. I'm going to yeah. tungsten everything. Tungsten? Yeah. Then you won't move. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's my dream. To not you move. just not, not move? To just you, you can't even stop moving now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number 15, we got Rocky Patel ALR, second edition, so which is aged, limited, and rare. What's really cool about this cigar is, you know, obviously tobacco, like aging tobacco is, is a huge priority in the cigar making process. You got to age the tobacco before it's rolled, you know, several months to several years at least. What's cool about the ALR is that he ages the tobacco, then he rolls the cigar, and then he takes the already rolled cigars and ages them for another two years. Now, what 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 happens because of that is the not only does the flavor get smoothened out and like and rounded out, but the tobaccos are able to kind of mesh their flavor, and then that mesh also gets smoothened out. So what you would have to do in your it's own like humidor, cooking. it's like slow cooking it exactly. What you would have to do in your humidor for a while after you, if you bought the cigar, if it was just rolled and then sent out, like normally is, is you're getting that fully, like already done experience. It's very similar to like a Padron or other brands where it's done when you get it. You're going to pay a little more for it, but it's done. You don't have to do anything to it. And this you know? was another IPCPR 2019 release. That was another 19, yeah. 19. Good, good box press. Yeah. Number 14, Aganorsa Miami Anniversario 2019. How much do we love Aganorsa? Love They're doing such great work. It's it's I kind of feel bad. Why? Cuz like we put all the Aganorsa from other companies higher on the list but like we put them like middle of the road. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Listen. You see where I'm coming with? They do fantastic work. I I think of Aganorsa and here's why. I don't think of them just as a manufacturer i think of them I, I say one of their primary things is their growing operation agreed which really sets them apart now right. let's call a spade a spade with the exception of night watch they don't have any like crazy themes out there they're pretty traditional in their naming and their and their themes but again there's just like i said with with, with cavalier agonorsa lets the tobacco do the talking yeah. And I think that they're very proud of all the other companies who utilize them because at the end of the day, it's their rollers, their factory, their tobacco being used in these other blends. Um, I, you know, I, I just mean I, it in a bad way. It's no, just, no, it's no, just no, like one of those things where it's like, man. Listen, it happens, man. It's, and it's and tough, tough calls. They did a very, very good job with their Miami Anniversario last year. It's got a sweetness to it. That perfecto shape is is really, really good. They're, you know, I'm I'm ready for whatever they do, either their own stuff or something for other people. What's cool about it 
is that it's the it's this not that it's the same tobacco, but it's the same tobacco essentially, the same fields and everything. But when you get to see Nick Melillo or Kyle Gellis or Dion, because they all take very active roles in the blending process. They don't just like tell Agonorsa, like, make me a cigar, I'm gonna put my name on it. They're all very active in their blending. Is they come out as like almost totally different cigars, but with some kind of signatures that you can tell like this is an Agonorsa. Right. And it's like it has this Nicaraguan sweetness to it. All of them have this subtle now it's increased or decreased depending on the blend, depending on who's making it, but also, type of wrapper yeah, and things is, like that. Yeah, the, but, yeah. The, the, the Yalapa, the Corojo from from Yalapa is just very sweet. That's what they're really known for. And I think the Perfecto, the Miami is. I, I added to those this year. I didn't add the Night Watch or, um, you know, maybe there's some they're more creative or more maybe more well known kind of not not gimmicky but like thematic. Right. Even though they're all great cigars, I just added the Miami because it was the best, wrapper, though. I added because it's the best example of what they do. Gotcha. This is a solid example of what Aganorsa is capable true. of. You know, number thirteen, Hoya de Nicaragua Clasico. So here's another private label, um, but this one was actually given to us later on. It was it was a, a pretty wide release cigar. It has been since the seventies. I wrote about this. I said it in the other video. And we're gonna talk about it now. What I really like about the Hoya de Nicaragua Clasico, besides you know, outside of the rum, it's a great Connecticut cigar. Is that it? Really falls in between two of my other favorite Connecticut cigars that Hoya also makes. The Numero Uno and the Antonio, which was our number five, I believe, right. last year. The yep. Antonio, Connecticut. It has the full, like the, the full flavor and intensity and complexity of the Antonio, but with the subtle nuances, the luxury appeal, and the smoothness of that Numero Uno. So it falls strictly in between those two. And on top of that, the best part is it's a private label for us. Right. At least it is now. And it's very well priced. But if you like either of those other two cigars, like you're going to love this one. Agreed. Definitely. Number 12 is Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Tricky Traca and the new 652. Listen, size. I would I would have had a, a number 1 again. I know uh, you would have. I, I, I would have gotten I fought you on that one. But I even fought you on having it back on the list. We had I, I had to. It's it's too I know good. You had it's to. still good to not have and even in this newer size, which listen, by all, but in normal circumstances, a 652 is like is close to my perfect size. So like I should have loved this. Here's the thing, though. Well, not that I didn't love it. The standard Tricky Traca sizes released are even thinner. I think that was like a six by 48. Something like that. Which is even more my size. So that's why it's down right. a little bit on the list compared to where it was last year, because it is a little bit thicker. So it is going to smoke a little differently. But everything I love about the original Tricky Traca, it like is is still there. It has these heavy, rich notes, but it's and it's strong. But I find it, and this is where I kind of differ from from other people, including Dave Lafferty. I find it to be less intense than the standard Mikarita. I can I can meet you somewhere on that. I think it's I think it's maybe stronger in terms of nicotine, but I think it's smoother in flavor and like and like taste. I think it's just more of that punch that it has. I felt like it's, when I smoke it, I, I, whatever, know it I know it's it di- I know it's different from you to me, yeah. but I, I also think it just has more of that not in your face to the fact that like you can't stand it. It's great, you know. It's more right. like it's not overpowering the palate either. It's right. just that one cigar you smoke for the night. You're not going to have another one unless you're really clearing it out. The thing is, I would have another one, but I'd have another one of those. I wouldn't yeah, like. I, smoke, I wouldn't like go from that to a Hoya Classico. Oh, know? of course. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, but yeah, the the new 652 size with that that special Connecticut Broadleaf number one dark Corona wrapper. It's just oh, it's so good. Bravo, Steve. Number eleven, Espinosa Laranja Reserva. This one, I got flack for not adding it to last year's list, and I also gave myself a little bit of flack because I've talked the cigar up for years. I started th- almost now three years ago, and you talk about this cigar. Before we were even putting samplers together, yeah. you had this in the top five list at least once a month. The Espinosa Laranja Reserva is just such a solid smoke, and it has everything you could look for. It has creative imagery. It, it has top-notch construction. It has immense flavor. It has a unique flavor in like that kind of very citrus but also spicy. Um, and I love – I've always said I love the 50s theme, kind of like barbershop, you know, orange creamsicle label. I, I yeah. love it. I think it's one of Eric's best creations. I did love the Laranja Oscuro, the sequel that he released last year, but there's something about that original Laranja, or Laranja, as most people call it, that is just very special. It's a very special cigar. And you pair that up with a nice Allagash White, you know, Christopher? Yeah. Or uh, an Orangina. Mm. 
or, or a or, phantom. Or orange-sickle um, root uh, stewards. See, I don't go... Oh, if, I'm, so if I'm buying something made by stewards, it better have the words root or birch or cream in it. That's it. I'm not buying the stewards like grape soda. I didn't say grape. I said orange. But I'm not, I'm not getting any of their fruity tooty ones. <laughs> I, if I'm going stewards. I'm going root, cream, or birch. Number 10, Alec you know and Bradley, what? blind faith. Because you don't buy a pickup truck from Ferrari. That's why. You know what I mean? Number 10, Alec and Bradley, blind faith. Have you had the orange soda from Stewart's? Is yes. It, and, and what is it? I love it. Is it better than like a Fanta or like a... Oh, yeah. Like a Crush? Uh, hands down. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta, tr- you gotta try it. I mean, anything from Stewart's is fantastic. But the, yeah, but like, like the I black just, cherry is fantastic. All of it's I good. I don't go with cherry. Like, I don't All right, like, then don't go I cherry. Don't like cherry flavor fine. stuff. But you gotta try. You at least try it once. Really quick caveat: How come cherry blow pops are like the most common flavor? I thought the chocolate ones were. That's Tootsie Pops. Blow Tootsie pops. Blow sorry, pop. you're right. I thought it was watermelon. <laughs> no, I wish it was watermelon, watermelon and strawberry. Good. Very rare. It always rips the shit out of my tongue. Very rare. I bought a big bag. I bought a mixed bag of like 50 blow pops. Half of them were cherry and grape. You don't like cherry soda, cherry pie? I don't like cherry pie. She's my cherry pie. It's too sweet and like bitter. The black cherry Rita's delicious. If I'm going to Rita's, I'm getting standard lemon. You're so old. Like... (laughs) First of all, who goes to Rita's anymore? That was fun when we were like 19. I got kids. You take them to, to like an ice ice cream. Take them to like oh. a Cold Stone. That, that's not. That's hip. It's cool. Drop fifty bucks? Are you kidding me? Yeah, to see because they, they then they do the special thing. Then they yeah, sing you yeah, a song. Yeah, they melt they melt my ice cream and I lose ice cream because they put it on their damn table. They don't scoop it all up. I'm losing money right there. Okay. Eighteen dollar corned beef. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it was so good. What number are we on? Number ten. Alec and Bradley. Blind faith. This was actually the inaugural release from Alec and Bradley, but because it's, I think it started out as a store only, we didn't start having it until even after the Gatekeeper came out. Agreed. And we had the Gatekeeper first, and we're like, damn, this is good. We're not going to go back. So we put it on the list, and then we're making this list, and we're like, we got to go back. Right. We got to go back to the future. Correct. And so we had the Blind Faith and Wowza. I mean, as a first outing from like two young guys. I mean, I know that they have history in the industry. He didn't even have a dad. mustache. That no, he had no must. He had no facial hair. Yeah, he had nothing going on. Nothing. But what an excellent cigar! And it's it, it uses that special Honduran wrapper from the Trojas region. The Ruben family, like their father, Alan, has been really well known for using tobacco. We gotta in that go down region. there. I gotta go. Oh, yeah, I've never been. We gotta go. I could have gone with you. If I, if I no, I know. Yeah, I mean, you didn't want to go then. That was terrible Yeah, I don't for know. me. Like, uh, the experience was great, but what was going on with me was terrible. Yeah, and also, it was, that was like right before COVID, like right, two, weeks two weeks before, before everything before shut down. And, yeah, because my uh, wife's colleague went to Honduras like during COVID, and they got stuck down there, and I think their flights back were like $1,500 each. Yeah, work would have paid for you. Oh, I'm not worried about work. Or they would have had to stay there. Nice little vacation. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> Um, but the blind face just ha- it has some nice dark fruit notes, some great smokiness to it, um, some earthy tones as well. Just very solid, very flavorful. I want to say very seasoned cigar for essentially two. I don't want to call them newbies because, like I said, they have history. Like you know, their their dad's been so big for so long. But as their own kind of solo project, very impressive work, and they've only exceeded expectations since then. I feel like that tobacco in that cigar, and I'm not saying it's exactly like the taste of this, but it has that unique taste like Aganorsa has that unique mm-hmm. taste in Nicaraguan tobacco. I feel like that Honduran tobacco has that unique taste that I have yeah, not that, tasted in, in another. That Tuohis tobacco has, right. has a very distinct taste that if done right, like in the Blind Faith, really works out well. And talking about my trip to Honduras, this cigar I had I'm gonna on let you my take trip. This one, buddy, so number this was, nine. This is your thing, Bubba. H. Upman, Añejo, 1844. Now, Ernesto, this is his first cigar. Ernesto Cranwinkle. Um, I love saying his last name. It's a great last name. So I had this cigar when I was in uh, Honduras, and I could not believe... I Going back to the branding, I, I just wish it was more. 
because it has that more like brownish yellow color that it was it just, was it was very standard H, right like traditional H up right. packaging. But the flavor of it is nothing to the standard H. Upman cigars that they have. Now, of course, we had the 175th in the Hispaniola last year. It doesn't try. I, this is third on the list to those. And But I think it's so good that we had to add it to this list. It's just... Well, you got to remember also the, the H. Upman, the 175th is like a super high-level, high-end, very limited smoke. Uh, even the Hispaniola is a little more limited. This is This right. is a very... In terms of... Production numbers and price, a very standard H. Upman, where this is going to be like a bajillion boxes. Right. And to have it this good for something with that wide of a release, very impressive. And they're keeping that hype train going, man. They're doing a great yeah, job with so, that brand right now. So good. Number eight, I'm going to let you take this one. It's the Davidoff 702. Because I know you're a big Davidoff guy, Dominican tobaccos, and you know. Listen. I, like, I love them. There's, I, they're there's, great. There's two groups of people who really like Davidoff. There's snooty, hoity-toity, like for the price kind of people, and then there's like actual, like like really diehard aficionado, like really love, like all the the deep cigar nerds I talk to. Yeah, they they talk about warped or viaje, and like oh, I've had this Tatawahe from 2011. They also love Davidoff because Davidoff makes such great stuff. The two in 2009 they released their the first 702 cigars called the 702 uh, Le Toro. And it was the first cigar to use this proprietary Ecuadorian hybrid wrapper that they grew, known as the 702. Now that's a full-on line within itself, the 702, where they right. t- basically take the blend of all other Davidoffs, the Anniversario and the, the Millennium and the Melee series, and they basically just throw this wrapper on it. But this was the first cigar, this was its own blend that actually used the 702 wrapper. It has a good amount of zest and, and the kind of meatiness to it, but also like this kind of subtle nut flavor. Um, it's just overall very, very nuanced, very flavorful, but incredibly smooth. And, of course, the construction is there's nothing like it. It's a Davidoff. Did you get that, Chris? No. <laughs> you missed it. I said subtle nut flavor. Damn it. And then I looked. I stopped the video, and I looked at you. Yeah, no, I wasn't and then paying you attention. You weren't there. You weren't, you weren't, your mind's all tungsten now. So number seven, we have Ramon Egones by A.J. Fernandez. Mm-hmm. It was our two good friends over there at A.J. Fernandez sent us some goodies up. And I forget what I – I got the – You got the Bellas Artes? I did. The Maduro. The Maduro. And you got – I got the Ramon And we, we shared. We split. And when you gave me that cigar – I was like, God damn, that's going in our top 25 this year. It is, I think, the best thing to carry AJ's name. I agree. I think it's the best thing. Not that I think the guy has factory, because there's actually at least one other cigar on this list higher up that comes out of the AJ factory. But the things that AJ like kind of does on his own and puts his name to, the best. Um, it's Ramone simply Ionis, the best. Ramon Ionis is one of those brands. Like freeze frame, simply the best. Okay. Whatever. Uh, that's what she said. I got Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, Ramon English was one of those brands. It was, like, it was just very of its time and kind of got lost. And even when they tried to reinvent it a little bit a couple of years ago when, um, uh, when what's-his-name was still over at General, uh, Michael Giannini. And it, but it just never caught on. It was just one of those brands that, like, similar to Onyx, like the newer generation just wasn't going to do anything about it. Until AJ got his hands on it and made the top two best-looking cigars I've ever seen. The wrapper on a Ramona Yones and the structure of it, like its weight, and when you squeeze it, everything is how I would make a cigar. That's what she Perfect. said. <laughs> that Habano Oscuro wrapper has a great mix of rich and spicy notes. The ash is pure white like this piece of paper. It's just a, overall just a, a fantastic cigar. It's so, so good. It's so, so good. good. It's so, so good. good. So, good. So, good. so good. So good. So good. So number six, Ashton Age Maduro. So I like Mexican San Andreas better than Broadleaf. And I was having a rough go. There's some Connecticut Broadleafs that I did enjoy. But like I feel like everybody says like Liga number nine is the all the holy grail of Connecticut Broadleafs, right? 
not a huge fan, personally to me. Yeah, it's it's a historic smoke for what it did for Connecticut Broadleaf in terms of bringing it into the mo- and like a, a new way to utilize right. it that we've seen on, on a lot of other top tier cigars since. But right, understandable. It's not your cup of tea. So. You gave me the Ashton Age Maduro, and you said, Greg, you have this in the morning with your cup of coffee. And I did. I think I, it was a vacation? I, think I don't it was know. Vacation. It was, it was, it was early. a Churchill size. It was a big one. No, it was golf. I went for a round of golf. Oh, yeah. And it was my first cigar. I think it was 7 o'clock in the morning. I think it was after my first tee shot. Was, and there, I was, a like, light, I, was there a light dew? On no, the, summer. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I like when there's a, like, a little dew. Yeah, I don't like it. Golf, though. It gets yeah, in yeah, the shoes. Yeah. Um, Damn do, do the do. do. Uh, so I, I think after my first tee shot, I was like, I'm lighting this bad boy up, and I couldn't believe how I was getting so much flavor from the cigar without. Like, it was like one of those things, just like the big payback. You know, you're smoking something, you kind of forget about it because it was, you know, you're playing golf, and then all of a sudden you go back to it, and you're like, this is goddamn delicious. When you take a break in a cigar for like a few minutes, and then you go back. And then, like, but, like, it's still – because sometimes you'll go back and, like, all right, I got to get back into it before, like, my taste can adjust. And maybe I went and I had, like, a couple drinks or whatever. I got to, like, readjust. When a cigar is just, like, consistent, like, each puff, even, like, four minutes later, it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's still really good. That's when you know it's special. And the Ashton Age Maduro is just the best example of that mellow, smooth, the old-fashioned way Connecticut Broadleafs were used and utilized. Right. It's different now. You have a lot more intensity behind them, tricky trocas and such. But this is how they used to be utilized, and in, in my mind, done the best way out of both, I prefer the old way. Like, the best versions of both, because it really accentuates the best version, like the best qualities of the broadleaf. So even right. like the original Onyx or the, the Ashton or a, any of the Fuente Maduros, the Hemingways or the A58 Maduros, it's just, it's phenomenal what they're able to do. Number five, we got Crownheads Mil Diaz. Which is a new release. This cigar is... F- how, how many years is a, a, a thousand days? Like four years? Just over three uh, years? Three, um, I think it's... Well... Because 365 times... No, it's it's two like two and three quarters. No. Yeah. It's over three. 365 yeah. plus 365 is 720. Yeah. Plus 365 is 1080-something. So take f- two and a half months. 365 times three years is 1,095 days. Yeah, so that's right, three so months. So it's three, three years. Two, and, two and three quarters. Okay. Three years. Let's okay. call it. Let's do three years. I, I, it's, you round it up. That's, yeah. You can round it. It's not like two and a half where you Yeah, could, it's definitely between two and, definitely, and a half and three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on, John. Speed it up. <laughs> this cigar, I, I think, is the only cigar I've seen recently that gives the Ramon Iones a run for its money in terms of visual appearance and, and construction. The Mil Dias is one of those cigars that you look at it and you it, it looks special. It looks like it took time and effort and it looks like it costs a lot of money. It doesn't really cost that much. It's pretty reasonable. I think it's like in the $10, $10 range. But it just looks very special. The band, simple yet elegant. It's not overly simple where it's like okay you could have put a little bit more effort but it's not overly gaudy where it's a bunch of stuff going on and you kind of distracts you from the blend it's that perfect in between it, it's enough to catch your eye but not enough to distract you and then tobacco Lena picardo they did it again man this is such a solid smoke it's and i said this in the other in the other video it is both approachable for right. a new smoker but also if you're a very seasoned veteran and you like something with some complexity, you have to kind of unravel the layers and really see where the transitions are, this is a great cigar for that as well. So it's Definitely. it's very approachable for both avenues. That Ecuadorian Habano wrapper has just the slightest amount of nuts and some zest to it. It's very nuanced. Again, you really got to find it. But when you find it, it's well worth the wait. Like It's great it's scotch and whiskey. Cigar absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the construction is just ridiculous yeah like everyone i've smoked has just down to the nub without sometimes not even having the ash at all never having to relight just this is i think the future of crown heads is going to be a lot of projects obviously still using ep cutio still using my father and drew estate but i think that this is going to be it's like newer blends yeah yep yep number four your boy foundation tabernacle 
listen, we can't do this without adding a foundation no. because even if it was a recycled one, like he just every single release with Nick's name on it is just it's as solid as a foundation. Right. Oh, see what I did there. Hey. Uh, the Tabernacle was his big sophomore release, and um, I think it was even more hyped than his first release, um, which I mean the one Wednesday is outrageously good. But Nick was known for his work with Broadleaf, and this was going to be his first Broadleaf release on his own, and I think it just hit at every level. And also, the mixture of the Broadleaf wrapper with a San Andreas binder is giving you like kind of like double chocolate, double oh, yeah. like raisin-esque taste. Very uh, smoky. Very like You could see the smoke like burning off the oils in the wrapper. Just such a good cigar. Alex, the intern, and, and myself would just smoke those almost every day. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those ones. Not every day. It was like once a week. Like the, that was our specialty, like Friday cigar yeah. after lunch. It was just a f- what a fan. And even the the new one, the Havana, the Havana C one forty two. But that original tablet. The original one. So so much better. Illusione Epernay tenth anniversary. So we and you have really gotten into Illusione. This we year. did. We've really been hitting it. I mean, I feel like we did once once we got the one off. Once that we really, got the one yeah. off, it kind of kickstarted everything. We're like, hot damn, this well, is we good. We got to investigate this guy. Man. Yeah, a little um, bit. You know, I, I should have been more into Dion, but again, you know, there's our so company, much out there. Yeah, we we also didn't cover, we didn't, we didn't carry a lot of his stuff, and with as much as I already had to cover, you know, I could really only focus on things that were like that Jr. really had right. a lot of. But I really started getting into his his portfolio this year, and man, that guy is just almost unrivaled. Really, he's he's close to being unrivaled in in ha- in his approach to tobacco, his strategy. And I think he takes power. the other like the other. Um, you know, I feel like it was such a big Connecticut broadleaf type of guys like Saka and Nick and everybody was like Connecticut, you know, Drew. And then all of a sudden, you got this guy just doing straight Nicaraguan, the straight Nicaraguan stuff. Man, very very rarely screws around. Like occasionally, use some Ecuadorian or maybe right. Connecticut on like some kind of you know not not the one off, but on a one off blend. What would you think uh, he could do with a Connecticut? He's done a Connecticut before, has he? Yeah. Which one? Yeah, the the Rothschilds and the Gigantes have a Connecticut. Broadleaf? No, just regular Connecticut. Oh, I want a Connecticut broadleaf. Oh no, I don't think he's ever used it. That's a what I'm saying. Yeah, Imagine yeah. what he could do with a Connecticut broadleaf. But yeah, he he just does straight Nicaraguan goodness. And what's weird about this cigar that we chose, which is the the Epernay 10th anniversary, which is kind of a redux of a cigar he did before for Cigar Journal, is that it's a Nicaraguan puro, but it's not made at Aganorsa. He actually made this one in Honduras at the Reyes Cubanas factory, which is the Alec Bradley factory. Oh no way! Yeah. But still straight Nicaraguan tobacco. It might have just been a production thing. Like right. he might have had the tobacco from Aganor, so I don't know that whole story. But I just know it's it was produced in the Reyes Cubanas factory. Gotcha. But it's just juicy with Illusione flavor, man. And, and that's what we always say. Like one of our biggest compliments we can give a cigar is that it has Illusione like flavor. It's just very complex. A lot of transitions. Um, a lot of spice to sweet. To, but not nothing is ever overdone. It's it's not too confusing you can definitely tell like this was the plan right you know from start to finish the, the guy is a mad scientist wizard artist you know wizard artist he is a wizard artist so uh going to a oldie but a goodie number two padron 1926 i would say Maduro. an oldie but the goodie i the. mean this is the cigar the padron 1926 in my mind it's like opus x and padron 26 are like the you know, obviously there's a bunch of limited editions and crazy $500 or right. Blancos from Davidoff. But in terms of high-end cigars with longevity and consistency and the impact that they had on the industry, it's Padron 26 and it's Opus X. Um, the Padron is just the, the one of the finest examples of how to properly utilize uh, Nicaraguan tobacco in a, in a high-end way. It's expertly aged, but it still maintains its flavor. They're all rolled impeccably. I mean, age is so important to Padron that I actually think that their their aging and storing rooms are larger than their factory, like their actual like production. Makes sense. Like where they actually just let the tobacco sit. Right. They have enough, this is what I've heard, that if all the crops and everything burned out tomorrow, they have enough tobacco aging right now for full production on all their lines for five years. That's insane. It's crazy. 
It's crazy. They're like the Fort Knox of tobacco. Yeah. And and their expertise shines through in the 26, especially in the Maduro with that right amount of richness and that right amount of spice, but it's so smooth because of the age on it where you're just getting touches of those flavors, but it's more than enough to keep you right. interested. It's very flavorful, but very, very smooth. And then you get a nice, thick ash on that bad boy. Oh, it's yeah. perfect. And then going back to our number one, the Room 101, Here big payback. I'm Here already... Almost done with this bad boy. I of course had to keep reading lightning because you know I, I yeah, didn't well, shut the hell up. But I just love how like at the end you just get that dark like mm-hmm. not burnt like not almost burnt chocolate but like that. Oh, it's so good. It really is. I mean, Matt just did he just did a phenomenal job of this, and and it deserves it. And this this is no. Listen, if you told me a year ago that a, a cigar that came in a bundle was going to be our number one, I would have told you to, to kick rocks. But not only is it a cigar That's that came in a bundle, does. it's what my kid kicks rocks. Oh, and look at him. But there's a top 25. Hope you guys enjoy. Please leave your comments in the comment section. And subscribe. And subscribe. Hit subscribe and Hit the uh, like Hit the bell. and subscribe and leave a comment in the comment section. Okay, so subscribe. All right. All right, bye. Bye.